Up first is uh, Travis with his pitch for J.W. Marriott Cancun. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. I was, I was adding a note somewhere else. I'm out. He's not prepared. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was getting way ahead of myself. Hello, and welcome to Take Off, a podcast by 10X Travel. I'm your host, Bryce Conway, and today on the show... We've got Emily, Matt, and Travis. In today's episode, we're going to be introducing a new series called Destination Spotlight, where we pick some of the most desired or most popular destinations in the world, and we show you how to get there using points and miles for a fraction of the cost. For each Destination Spotlight, we'll show you how to plan the perfect trip using your points and miles, the best ways to fly there, including airlines, airports, and loyalty programs to focus on, which cards to use to earn the points and miles that you'll need for this trip, the best hotel stays to redeem your points for, and other ways to make the most of your trip, like how to uncover discounts and perks for things like food and drinks, local attractions, ground transportation, and lounge access. So we're going to jump into our destination spotlight here in just a moment. But before we do that, how's everyone doing today? Just fine. (laughs) Pretty, pretty good. I, I, I'm not like Emily. I'm not ready to go play hockey, but... (laughs) Is there a hockey stick in the Did I miss something? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm not really sure what what time it is, but I'm doing whatever. Just got in from Europe late last night. So I've been up since 3 a.m. And yeah, ready to tackle the day or what's left of it, I suppose. Didn't I mean, shouldn't you have slept on the plane, Mr. Polaris? No, it was was a daytime flight. Uh, What about a day nap? (laughs) Eh, overrated. Okay. (laughs) Strongly disagree, but we'll leave that one there. (laughs) Yeah, this this podcast recording is during Bryce's typical nap time. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I can't remember the last time I've had a nap. Pretty much before I had kids, and it won't happen again until after I have kids out of the house. Um, but anyway, speaking of being out of the house, I guess I should have instead asked everyone, ¿Cómo estás? Because today's destination spotlight is Mexico. We're starting with Mexico for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's far and away the most popular international destinations for American, and for good reason. From the resorts and endless beaches of Cancun, Playa del Carmen, the new Instagram favorite Tulum, world-class museums and restaurants of Mexico City, Mexico truly has something for every type of traveler. Families, including dads who don't nap. Honeymooners, solo travelers, adventure seekers, I'm looking at you, Travis, Mr. Mexico yourself, foodies, and more. And don't forget, other destinations in Mexico, very popular, Cozumel, Cabo, and Oaxaca, which I learned how to pronounce just before we hopped on the episode, because that is not an intuitive word. Very big shout out to all of our producers for putting that one in there for Bryce. I was really worried that you were gonna 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 mess that one up. Oaxaca. Oh no no no! In, in fairness, <laughs> I put that in. I was reading the notes before this, ah. and I'm like, Oaxaca. Like, no, I'm definitely saying that wrong. And I look it up, and I thought I was being trolled because, like, it says like Oaxaca in the pronunciation. I was like, all right, I, I got the Urban Dictionary link or whatever. It's not actually that. <laughs> oh no, it's Oaxaca. Yeah. And for those Oaxaca. listening, it's spelled O A X. A C A. So naturally, you look at that and think, right Oaxaca. as you spell it. I just, yeah. I just How feel like this is such a fun and entertaining experience for me. For those of you who don't remember, I live in Texas. I go to Mexico a lot. So like seeing Bryce trying to figure out how to pronounce Oaxaca, which seems so just normal to me. I just expect everyone to just know that it's Oaxaca. It's entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and you should expect better of me because I'll have you know. I was the Spanish student of the year in my very small rural high school in Ohio. 
And that says a lot. <laughs> que bueno, How, boys. Que How many bueno. were in your class? Felicidades. Um, 20, 25, no, no sé. <laughs> anyway, we want this or these episodes to be a resource for you, our readers and listeners, I guess, whether you've already been eyeing a trip to Mexico or you just need an excuse to sharpen your skills with points and miles. Even if you're brand new to the game, we want you to use this as an opportunity to set a redemption goal and get a feel for how far your points and miles can take you when used efficiently. So we're going to jump here into the main episode content, but I do want to give a quick shout out to like our friends who like enjoy playing like that drinking game that we sometimes talk about where when we say like any one of us, you have to take a drink. So if you chose me for this episode, sorry for that last couple of sentences. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day after that one. If you chose me, you should know I really like going to Mexico. I like flying there. I like spending time there. I like traveling there. I just all around like any it. of those. I don't know if any of those count because they they're don't used count. correctly. They're not, no, that's the point. Not filler that's word. The point. It's not a filler word. Yes. <laughs> Travis also dislikes synonyms for like, like enjoy or look forward to. I like like. Like, like, what's the problem? It's, it's, I like it as well. <laughs> so to kick things off here, who here on the podcast has been to Mexico before? Me. Yeah, Travis is raising his hand in a mostly audio-only format. Uh, Matt, how about you, Matt? I have not been. I have not been to Mexico. So the challenge for the three of you today is to convince me to book a trip. No pressure. I am uh, actually super interested in Mexico. And surprisingly, where I live has got a huge Hispanic population, food, culture, all kinds of stuff. It's not quite Texas, but we have a lot. So I have a lot of exposure to Hispanic culture. And so it's also kind of surprising that I haven't been. But I recently watched episodes of Somebody Feed Phil on Netflix. And if you haven't watched that show, you should. He's an interesting guy, but they're really good, well-produced, and kind of fun spotlights on various destinations around the world, specifically the food culture, which is super fun. But he went to Mexico City and Oaxaca. And the food there looks unbelievable. Yeah. On a scale of one to Anthony Bourdain, how, how good is Somebody Feed Phil? Because I feel like... Since Bourdain passed, nothing has filled the void at all. I don't know that he content. is the next Anthony Bourdain. There are a lot of similarities, but the personalities are completely different. So that's probably why he would never be considered an, another Anthony Bourdain. But I would say there's some overlap. It definitely influenced by, you can clearly see that in his, in his production. But yeah, it's really well done. So if you haven't seen it, pull it up on Netflix. I think they just did their sixth or seventh season. I can't remember. So there's a lot to, a lot to pull from. And you can tell they get better every season. Kind of like our podcast, right? Yeah, hey. like, just like us. <laughs> I mean, we're we're still in season one, so who knows? It might go. It might just be downhill from here. Mm, we'll see. Travis, have you been to Mexico before? Maybe, maybe it might ring a bell. No, I I go to Mexico at least two to three times a year. It's just so. Were you just there like three I'll weeks say, ago or something? You yeah, still had yeah. a sunburn from your last Mexico trip, right? <laughs> uh, I was just there two weeks ago. It's just so easy for me to get to. I'm also a big beach bum. So I usually go to Quintana Roo, usually Playa del Carmen or Cozumel. Not a big Cancun guy, but there's a ton of other places I want to go. Obviously, Mexico City, San Miguel de Allende, Guadalajara. I've also been to the Pacific side to Cabo. I want to go out to the Socorros. Mexico to me is just one of those places that the more I go, the bigger it gets and the more places that I just want to see. Love it. Emily, how about you? I've been twice. I went once to Cancun for the first time. And then more recently, I went to Sayulita for a, a friend's wedding. So it was definitely a jam-packed weekend. But I think I, I much preferred Sayulita. 
As for me, I've been twice myself, but it has been a few years. Once to Cancun, which seems to be the first place that everyone goes on, on their first trip to Mexico. And then the second, we went to Isla Mujeres with some friends, which is basically Cancun. Love both trips. One of the resorts we stayed at was real strange. We'll get to that uh, in a little bit. But first, I want to go through some of the high-level trip details uh, for Mexico. For those of us who've been, you know, can you give us an idea of what your trips were like, considering things like trip type, like chill vacation, beach, you know, honeymoon versus scuba diving? Did you use points and miles for some or all of it? Kind of just fill us in on, on how those trips went. Which one? <laughs> all of them? <laughs> yeah. uh, the most recent Let's one take would be the great. Next. Let's take the next 45 minutes and Travis will walk us through every time there will, he's been to there Mexico. There will be an intermission scheduled. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, most most of my trips to Mexico, like I said, end up being being to beach locations. But how I get there, what I do changes almost every time. Whether How I use points can certainly vary. Um, if I'm traveling by myself, sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. Especially if it's in the off season, off season trips to Mexico can be really affordable. But what is if the my off wife's season in Mexico, like hurricane season after the summer and not like spring break, basically when kids are in school is when it's off season. Resorts that in the summer are typically can be like six to eight hundred dollars. You can get two to three hundred dollars. So you can get really big discounts if you're able to travel in the the off season, but. I've used everything from flying United, flying American with British Airways Avios or Avios or whatever it's supposed to be. Southwest Companion Pass. I mean, Houston, I've gotten nonstop flights on Southwest there. It's really easy. Sometimes I use points for hotels. Sometimes I stay in Airbnbs. Just depends on the trip. But that's kind of the nice thing about Mexico is whether you want to use all points some points and some cash, or if you're just like, wow, everything's really cheap. So maybe I'll save my points. You've got all of those options. Plus everything becomes a little bit cheaper once Travis earns companion pass after flying back and forth Dallas to Houston <laughs> 50 times. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> shout out to our last episode. <laughs> Thank you, Travis. Emily, how about you? Yeah. Tell us about your trips. So my trip to Cancun, I didn't use points for the flights just because it was, I guess, technically off season. We went in end of November, I think. And the cash flights from Denver, they were nonstop and they were they were pretty inexpensive. But we did use points to stay at the Hyatt Zalara Cancun, which was very much a chill vacation. I don't think we left the resort, let alone left my beach chair. Especially when they bring the pina coladas to you, you literally don't have to take any steps. So <laughs> that That's was amazing. that type of trip. And then- And that, uh, and that yeah. one's all inclusive, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was all-inclusive, so that was super nice. Depending on how many pina coladas they bring you, you might not be able to take any steps. This is true. Correct. Yeah, that is a risk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for the the Solulita trip, I used uh, the Companion Pass to fly. We had a nonstop flight from Denver to Puerto Vallarta, so that made it easy. And then Solulita is like a 45-minute drive from there, but we we paid cash to stay in an Airbnb so we were staying with a group of friends because we were there for a wedding. So it just made it easier to be with everyone than to try and use points to save myself some money, which is sometimes a sacrifice you have to make. <laughs> Indeed. And we will kind of double click on the Hyatt Zolara a little bit later in the episode because that is one of the more popular points and miles hotels that we see our broader readership book ask questions about. It's a big topic of discussion. For me, I generally use 
points to fly on Southwest. Believe it or not, there's actually a direct route from Columbus, Ohio to Cancun. I think that might be the only route that makes Columbus wow. International Airport. It's like wow. that route, you know, us small regional airports. I thought it would one. be like Canada. No, you got, it goes to Canada too. Oh yeah, Can- Toronto. Canada is another country. We were country. just on that flight. Yeah, uh, can- <laughs> this is true. Canada is indeed another country. But it's so convenient to fly direct. I have so many Southwest points, earning them very quickly. I've had a companion pass for like a decade now. So that's just kind of a no-brainer for me. Really, even if I had a bajillion points and a desire to fly like the best possible route and product to Mexico from Columbus, Ohio, it's it's still Southwest. It's it's, it's just book Southwest. three seats and lay down, I guess. I well, know. the nonstop <laughs> makes it hard to say no to. Exactly. There's uh there's apparently a seasonal nonstop on American Airlines from Columbus to Cancun as well. Really? Yeah, I just yeah, I mentioned uh, I hadn't been there in a few years. I need to get back out there. That and, one up. Kind of surprised me. Ah, okay. No companion pass though. Plus they give me like a specific seat. How boring is that? I kind of want to fight in the rat race, man. <laughs> I like to have some hunger games, see if I can sit up close. So sounds like we're using a mixture of points and miles. And I, and I guess to, to kind of finish my section on that, we paid cash for hotels because it was boutique places that were not super expensive, got great deals. Seems that that is a trend among the folks here on the podcast and also one that I see in our readership too. With so many options in Mexico at all different budgets and price points, you really have a infinitely customizable strategy of points and cash and you know moving that kind of scale in any direction that you'd like. So... What were the best redemption aspects of your trip or any of your trips to Mexico? We can start with Emily on this one if we could. Yeah, I mean, I the Southwest Companion Pass is always a nice perk for me. There's a few different nonstops from Denver that Southwest operates into to Mexico. So that's usually my go-to. Using the my Hyatt points for the Hyatt Zolara was also super nice because it used to be, I think, less expensive than it is now. But still, when you're using points for an all-inclusive resort and it includes all your food and drinks and everything, the points go even further. So I think those two are the best aspects, probably. Travis, how about you? Yeah, I not to repeat, Emily, but the Southwest Companion Pass, anytime me and my wife go, like, see, there you go, take a drink. Um, <laughs> almost <laughs> every time that we're traveling together to Mexico, we fly Southwest. As much as I dislike it, most of the flights are less than two hours. I can put up with it. Uh, and it's just so convenient. Outside of that, though, probably some of the best aspects is being a leisure route. I don't even have super high status with United. And being a leisure route, I tend to get upgraded to first class probably at least like 50 to 60% of the time when I fly to Mexico. Sometimes there's even just empty seats because there's not enough people with elite status. So it's not a reason to chase elite status, but if you happen to have it with an airline, upgrades to Mexico, even from hubs, can tend to be pretty good. Did that happen on your your last trip? I feel like you had some troubles on your last journey. <laughs> uh, it did. I We got upgraded on the way there, not on the way back. So that one was a 50% success rate. Still and good. You got to spend some extra time in that premium cabin as you waited on the tarmac for a few hours to leave Houston. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what everyone wants in life is to sit on the tarmac instead of getting to your destination in a domestic first class seat? Mm-hmm. Most of that was, I feel like I'm reminded of a line from our podcast where we interviewed Levon, where we're all chuckling about how we're the only people who are hoping that the plane doesn't get there as quickly as it should because we're sitting in first class and having fun. And then karma comes and puts you on the tarmac for like three hours, yeah, like a week I, after we filmed that. Yeah, I, I should have should have expected that one. I'm I'm gonna reframe it to on the way home, 
It can take longer on the way home. Go as fast or as only you if want you're laying down. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or taking a shower on the plane. Right. Matt wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> One other kind of points and miles, I guess, benefit, if you will, that I would answer this question with in Cancun, or I guess to Mexico, which a lot of folks fly into Cancun, is that there's a lounge there that, in my experience, tends to be a very common first lounge for our readers. I was just looking it up here to make sure I get the uh, the name correct. It's called the Mira Business Lounge. It's in Terminal 2, the International Terminal. You can access it with an American Express Platinum card, or it's only like 27 bucks to get in. But I find that a lot of folks, this is the first time that they've accessed a lounge. Like they're, they're taking that trip to Mexico, which is a very common first points and miles redemption. And then this is kind of the entry point to lounge life. It's not a bad lounge. It's well-located for a lot of flights that are coming back to the United States. We hear wonderful things. There is a very important thing about that lounge, though. It's landside. So you, you have to leave early to go through security to board your flight. It's not like other lounges where you've already gone through security. You got to be sure to leave early enough from the lounge to, to go through security. And they don't have bathrooms in the lounge, so you do have to leave to go to the bathroom and then come back. So it's a lounge, which is nice. <laughs> and Cancun does not do pre-clearance, correct? Where you have to get there much earlier, clear U.S. customs while there. So security is still security, but it's not quite Ireland or some of the other yeah, places where it, people run into that issue. It usually takes, even, even when the airport's busy, no more than 15, 20 minutes. But just be sure, if you're listening to this and you're sitting at the lounge, be sure to leave early enough to be sure that you can go through security and not miss your flight. This is the, the most unconventional gate announcement ever for lounge <laughs> visitors. You happen to be listening to the podcast. We happen to mention that. If that's you. Yeah, Your flight to Columbus is now boarding. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Emily, Travis, anything you would have done differently about your trips to Mexico, either from a points and miles perspective or just in general? I don't think from a points and miles perspective. I mean, I didn't use very many points, so there wasn't really much to do differently. But um, our trip to Salulita was... Basically, in the summer solstice, we didn't have a lot of control over that because it was someone else's wedding, but it was so hot. The water was bath water. So I would love to go during a time when maybe the temperatures are a little more mild. Mine is also weather related. The one trip that I would do differently, I was in Playa del Carmen when a hurricane came through. So I did not write out a hurricane in Mexico. Yeah. It was that only a category like one, so it wasn't that bad, but. Can only go up. Yeah. Uh, this shout, is not helping the case to get Matt to Mexico, by the way. <laughs> yeah, brief, brief, brief shout really out to my place. friend Ben, who was there with me through the hurricane. Hurricane buddies. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a good good dive buddy now. I'll tell you one thing I, I did differently between first and second trip that I'll probably do every time I go back to Mexico. We hired a limo to transfer us from the airport to our resort. There are dozens of companies that are lining up to you know, book that sort of ground transportation service. And limos are only a little bit more expensive than kind of your conventional taxis or, or other services there. So I feel like that was, that's one of those small little touches on a trip that you can just put a little bit of extra budget to and make quite a difference in your experience. And I will be doing that pretty much every time I go back there going on a go forward basis. See, that's, that's so funny because I go like the complete opposite. I go cheaper and cheaper every time to the point where I just start taking the bus. It's like, $10 to go from Cancun to downtown Playa. Well, your I'll next to... cheapest option is just to start walking next time. So yeah. that's a long walk. That's a long walk. 
Maybe there's something to like how you got there influencing that decision. Like if Travis flies there, got upgraded first class, bus is fine. I fly there in Southwest <laughs> in the middle seat. And like, I have to get a limo just to kind of balance out the, the bougie-ness. Got to have your bougie balance going on there. So that's what I'm going to chalk that up to. Anyway, some, some other trip planning essentials and key information. You know, from here, I figured we'd start kind of the absolute must-knows for planning a war trip to Mexico. Things like where to fly into, which airline to fly with, where to stay, best cards use the trip, everything else we need to know. And of course, as with most things in the points and miles game, there, there's rarely one right answer for something, although there's many wrong answers, but there's rarely one right answer. So I expect plenty of debate for pretty much everything here on out. But starting with kind of best ways to get there, flying to Mexico, obviously the best airport to fly into depends on where you're ultimately trying to travel. Uh, but the, the major ones really Cancun, that's where we see most readers fly into. I would imagine if we pulled, you know, statistics on this sort of thing, that's that's got to be one of the busier airports in Mexico other than Mexico City. Playa del Carmen, Tulum, Cozumel. Fun fact, the, the long-awaited Maya train will actually connect several important towns between sites between Cancun and Tulum. So getting around, depend, you know, no matter where you land, just got a little bit easier in Mexico. Mexico City International Airport, aka Benito Juarez. I have not flown into that one. Travis, I feel like you probably have. No, I've actually no? never been to Mexico City yet. Interesting. I, although I feel like there's probably a fair number of folks who are listening to this who also have not been to Mexico City, but have been to Mexico City Airport when the whole days of the Delta bookings, the award bookings out of Mexico City being like a fourth of the price of those out of America. It's uh, still not. It's still on. a really good spot to reposition to. Yeah. You live in like Southern California, Arizona, just in that pocket or don't mind uh quick one or two hour detour flight from that part of the, the US, it's a really good spot to to fly out of. Or if you're wanting to balance city and beach, Turkish Airlines has a route, basically a fifth freedom between Cancun and Mexico City. So like when they're flying, they go from Istanbul to Cancun to Mexico City, Mexico City to Cancun to Istanbul. So you could fly like life flat business class for an hour, hour and a half between Mexico City and Cancun but get to experience two totally different parts of the country. Wow. How Do you know if they're running flight? their new business class on that one or is it an uh, old one? They were, they go back and forth. Okay. I think this is how Matt has to do his trip to Mexico now. We're <laughs> just going to uh, plan it for you. Okay, this I'll is... show up. Yep. <laughs> uh, one, one of I our, expect we'll, multiple Michelin star rest, dining reservations <laughs> in Mexico City. <laughs> one of our uh, good people who work in this space, uh, Brendan Bliss, I believe I helped him actually book Turkish Airlines from Cancun to Istanbul. So he repositioned from Austin to Cancun to fly that route. The long haul, not the short haul, was just a really interesting find when I was like, oh, you could just, he's Texas based. So it's easy. It's like, oh, just fly to Mexico and then fly from Mexico to Turkey. Sure. That's so wild. I love those little kind of hidden gems, if you will, or unconventional routes and airlines. Lots of fun. But before we, uh, Move on, I have to ask, because it seems like there's some controversy about this train, Travis, and I don't know if, if that's something we want to discuss or not, but... Uh, I mean, it, it's it's mostly just... Uh, I'll start by saying I don't necessarily have a strong stance on it one way or the other. I've heard both sides, but they're building it over an area where a lot of the cenotes are. Um, if you're not familiar, in the Yucatan, cenotes are basically underground caves full of water and so there's just some concerns long term that the the train might have some environmental impacts on on the the cenotes because they're not very deep they're maybe most of them are 20 to 30 feet below the surface so they're really really close there way too shallow for you to go explore 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, yeah, we did the. I feel like when you when you say a cave filled with water, you can kind of get the impression of kind of like this murky, like scary water type vibe. And having done the cenotes, I feel like I was jumping into like a bottle of Aquafina, yeah. like just the clearest, crisp, cold water you've ever seen. It's really hot outside. Jumping in there is one of the most refreshing, like five seconds of my entire life. Please don't let the train ruin that because I want to go back. Any other thoughts on kind of where to fly in? If you're heading to Mexico, other than go with the place that's closest to where you ultimately want to be, any other strategies to be aware of there? I mean, there's there's uh, Cabo. There's like pretty much one airport there. Um, it's about an hour away from where most of the resort area is in Cabo. Very similar to kind of Cancun. You know, you fly into Cancun airport. If you're going to Playa or Tulum, that's where you go. If you're looking to go to Cozumel, there is an airport there. A lot of people don't seem to know that. So you can fly directly in there. The service, I actually really like flying in and out of Cozumel. If you're visiting the island, you're right there on the island. There's also a lounge, but it is after security. They make quesadillas, but they don't always put them out. So feel free to ask for the quesadillas. Um, Inside a tip there. Yeah, I mean, there's like six gates. It's it's one of those. It's a small international airport that's just really convenient. Almost all the flights land within an hour of each other and take off within an hour of each other. I have uh, one other pretty niche tip, but <laughs> for the when we went on our trip to Salulita for the wedding, we had some of our friends who were trying to travel from San Diego. So instead of flying from San Diego to Puerto Vallarta, they drove across the border and they flew from Tijuana, which was way cheaper because they have budget airlines that will fly that route. Although you have to pack light unless you want to pay a bunch of fees for your extra bags. But they said that saved them like a couple hundred dollars. So if you live in San Diego and are trying to go <laughs> to a different part of Mexico, that's not Tijuana. That's a, that's a nice tip. One, one addendum to that is you actually don't even have to drive across the border. They have a, oh, you uh, walk, a, yeah. you can walk, literally walk and you enter directly into the airport. Like it's a Corridor, you literally go in from the U.S. side, walk across the border, and you're in the airport. Man, yeah. that's some very specific information for someone who's not been to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. I read a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Yeah. And speaking of kind of budget airlines, it seems the theme of flying from the U.S. to Mexico with points seems to be there's not a lot of high-end options. Right? Am, am I missing something? If someone has a million points and they're like, this is the last trip we're going to take for five years, we want to get the best possible product or service that we can get with these points. Are there any options out there that are even worth looking at? I think they ran, some airlines ran some bigger planes like during COVID when they weren't using them in Mexico, like towards maybe early 22 or something like that, that were just sitting idle. But other than that, I don't know of a single lie flat seat on any route or at least standard. Yeah. I've And the flight times are so short too. I don't really know if it's worth it even if they did. Yeah, I've occasionally seen like Aeromexico between New York and Mexico City, but I don't think it's regular. Like Matt said, I think it's just kind of a one-off where they're they're swapping it in. In general, you're getting the same experience that you'd get on domestic aircraft in the U.S. Unless it happens to be a really good deal using points for business or first class, you're just getting the, the recliner seats. Sometimes you can find discounted points, um, you know, especially like Delta's flash sales. Flying to Mexico can be a very good use of Delta miles um, whenever they have those sales. United American both sometimes have discounted sales as well on miles where, I mean, I've seen United flights here from Houston for 
5,000, 7,500 points each way to Mexico, especially in the off season. It can be really, really low points cost to get there, but you're not going to get the premium experience that you're going to get on an international route in anything. Just don't expect it. If it happens, be excited. I also think because of the popularity of Mexico in general for U.S. tourism, the amount of competition and offerings pretty much from anywhere in the U.S. is potentially second to none. I don't know you know, how to quantify that, but if you're trying to go pretty much anywhere you live from, you could probably get to anywhere in Mexico or most of the popular spots with like one stop. So it, it is not a hard location to get to, and it doesn't take necessarily all day for most people. So can be a great spot for a nice long weekend. Yeah, it seems like award space is generally pretty wide open in Mexico with the exception of the period between Christmas and New Year's and spring break time. Generally, when I'm helping readers book this, there's not a lot of searches you have to run. The first couple that you're looking at are generally going to turn something up that is doable with your points and miles, even if you don't have a ton of them. So if you're somewhat intimidated about the process of redeeming points and miles or worried about moving the rest of your trip around award space, Mexico makes that much easier than just about any other destination on earth. Anything else with flights? It seems like normally this is where we kind of dive into like, okay, what's your favorite product? It lies flat and there's a shower yeah. in the sky. Matt's favorite. And like, you know, there's just not a lot of variety to discuss going to Mexico. So there's as not. much as I want to say the words soft product and hard product yeah. and talk about how ridiculous that is, but then talk about those things. There's no soft or hard products to talk about here. The only soft and hard in Mexico that matters is taco shells. All right. <laughs> wow. Uh, that was not I mean, in the notes for the record. <laughs> for, for what it's worth, I'll say that uh, flights from Houston to Cancun and Cozumel are just long enough that you get meal service if you're flying in first class. But yeah, that's it. I mean, uh, there, there's a few tips like once you get to Mexico. So if you're looking to go to Quintana Roo, um, which is you know Cancun, Playa del Carmen, Tulum, a lot of people like underestimate how far away those places are. So Cancun's where you're going to fly into. Playa del Carmen, 45 minutes to an hour away. Tulum, one to one and a half hours away. If you're going to Cozumel and you're flying into Cancun, hour and a half to two hours because you have to go down to Playa del Carmen, then take the ferry over to Cozumel. The ferries run pretty regularly, but you know you need to get there early enough to to get get on board and take it across. So I've traveled with people before who didn't realize how far away things were from the Cancun airport. Let's uh, pivot here and switch to hotels, where to stay. After you've tackled kind of the harder part of any points and miles booking, the flights, you're looking to find a place to stay in Mexico. We're going to talk about kind of where to look, how to look. But before we do that, just note, you know, searching for hotel award availability is much less complicated than searching for flights. And like I just mentioned, flights to Mexico, hotel award availability in Mexico also tends to be relatively easy to find if you're not booking at like prime holiday times or spring break. Depends on things, you know, time of year, room type, but there's Mexico seems to have kind of all options for for all different types of trips. So for for those of you who have been before, everyone but Matt, where did you stay? Should Matt stay there? And how did you book it? Because this is your Shark Tank moment. I'm the shark <laughs> up on the stage. You're walking in. Your theme music has just started playing. It's time <laughs> to, to sell me in where I should go. Yes. Up first is uh, Travis with his pitch for JW Marriott Cancun. <laughs> Uh, oh, sorry. I was, I was adding a note somewhere else. I'm out. 
He's not prepared. I I was getting way ahead of myself. Um, Well, so much for Bryce's enthusiastic intro. Yeah, where to stay? Um, I've stayed a number of places. I've stayed at the JW Marriott in Cancun. I'm going to use the 50K free night certificate to stay there for one night. This was right after the hurricane. Um, My flight was out decently early the next morning, and I was actually staying in Playa. And so I figured, why not? I'll just go up to Cancun and stay at a nice resort for one night. Pretty nice. Enjoyed it. Had a good time. I stay at Airbnbs a lot in Playa del Carmen, um, especially if I'm traveling by myself. You know, I can find Airbnbs usually for $30 to $40 a night, private gated entrance, um, usually with washer and dryer because sometimes I'm there for a week or two. Um, Is it like an apartment or like a full house? No, like apartments. And they're they're not necessarily in the city center, but they're a 15-minute walk. And quite frankly, the city center downtown area of Playa del Carmen is loud. It's got a good party scene if that's what you're into. I'm usually out doing other stuff and just wanting a comfortable place to to sleep. So, And when I want to go downtown, it's super easy. I walk around Playa a lot and generally feel feel pretty safe. So I'm happy to stay a little bit off the beaten path and walk a little bit farther, especially for 30 to 40 bucks a night. My favorite hotel is in Cozumel. It's the Westin Cozumel. There's a few options in Cozumel for points. Um, there's the Intercontinental, which is generally considered to be the nicest hotel in Cozumel. But I just love the Westin. It's further north. It's a little bit quieter up there. There's a place across the street where you go and choose a lobster from a basket and they cook it for you. It's very reasonable. They don't really charge upcharge resort prices there, usually 30 to 35,000 point Marriott Bonvoy points per night. I mean, when I was there, I just paid $79 for a one hour massage at the spa. It's a very reasonable property. It's maybe not the best located. All of the rooms face the water. So no matter what you book, you're going to get a water view. It's kind of small. I just love it. I think it's a great property. It's not super fancy, but it's one of the, one of the few places I go back to basically every single year. You had this shark at Lobster. <laughs> Picking it out of a basket. That's super cool. Yeah, we we picked a like two-ish pound lobster once for three of us to share. I mean, it was a massive lobster. That was just the tail. Sorry, you, you're choosing just the tail. That was just the tail was about two pounds. Wow. Okay. That alone. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I want to meet the full lobster if the tail is two pounds. <laughs> like a dinosaur lobster. <laughs> don't have to meet them. Just have to eat them. Mm. Mm. That's a new slogan. <laughs> yes. See that one on TikTok later. Emily, I'm, I'm particularly interested to hear your answer to this because it's one that we get asked about a lot. And I mentioned earlier. So tell us about your hotel that you're pitching Matt on and why you yeah. should invest. So I stayed at the the Hyatt Solara Cancun, like I'd mentioned before. I think it was 25,000 points per night when I booked it. I stayed for three nights, which in my opinion is the perfect amount of time to stay at an all-inclusive resort. There are people who completely disagree with me on that. And we met a lot of them at the resort. A lot of people are diehards. Some people were there for 10 days and I think I would just become a chair. That's a lot. I just didn't move <laughs> enough to, I don't know. It was a long time, but the resort itself was was pretty nice. The rooms had like little hot tubs in them. Our room faced the ocean. I think most of them do. I'm not, I, I didn't fact check that one in advance. Sorry, Matt. 
but uh, there are lots of pools. It's also, it's adults only, which was my favorite part. <laughs> so there's uh, lots of pools and everything. There's cabanas. You're right on the, the ocean too. So you can pick whether you want to lay next to a pool or lay next to the ocean. My, Those are decisions I like to be stuck with. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, <laughs> you're really stressing your your brain out while you're there. Um, I think the only like real activity I did was water aerobics, but you can do them while you're holding a pina colada. So it's not that big of a commitment. <laughs> Those are the weights, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, one in each hand, yeah. up, down, yeah. up, drink, down. Yeah. Drink exactly. so it's getting lighter and then yeah. Yeah, you're doing curls. Yeah. Drink. Times exactly. like this, I'm glad we video record these as well as yeah. audio. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. now, Emily, there you mentioned the Zalara being adults only. Isn't the Ziva like right next door? Yeah. I didn't venture over that way, but the Ziva is like the family friendly option where you can have your kids and it's still all inclusive, but just better if you want to bring your whole family rather than just go on more of like a romantic getaway. But yeah, I think, I think they had a ton of activities to do also. We didn't leave the resort. So there were every night, like we went to a different restaurant that was in the resort. There's like a, a lobby area where they have all these different activities every night. So they definitely keep you entertained, but. I'd say depends how you feel about an all-inclusive resort. We had a great time, but I probably wouldn't stay longer than I did. Got it. And really, all-inclusives all are relatively difficult to book with points, at least in a, a way that gets value out of your points that wouldn't make those of us here in the podcast kind of do the Dave Ramsey smirk. So uh, many times when people approach us and they're like, hey, I love all-inclusives, so I want to use points and miles. This is the first place we kind of send them. I did want to ask Emily, is there like a vibe to this place that you can kind of describe like is it all different types of folks from all over the world? Is it a party scene? I mean, you mentioned water aerobics, so it sounds like there might be some older folks there as well, I'm going to guess. How would you describe Actually, that? The water aerobics class was largely filled with other young adults who had been drinking. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, no, there were definitely other people. Like The people who were staying there for 10 days were probably retired. There was like a kind of a range. I wouldn't say there was a big party scene. There were some like bars within the resort that you could go to, but... That wasn't really what we were doing. We were just kind of like laying in the sun all day and then falling asleep at 9 p.m. So <laughs> sounds really exciting. That's awesome. People don't understand. It's hard work sitting in the sun all day. It, it really, really takes is. it out of you. Yeah. You got to lift two pounds of lobster tail. You got to decide if you want to go to the pool or the beach. You have to decide work. if you want another drink or not because you don't really have to pay for it. So you might as well get it. <laughs> you a lot do of hard not, decisions. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Another common thing we see at Hyatt Zalara and Hyatt Ziva is running into other points and miles people, because I have to imagine like the percentage of those rooms that are being booked by points and miles people or specifically readers of 10X Travel is quite high. I, I hear about one story a week of somebody like, I ran into someone and we made this connection because they saw that I had a sapphire or something. So well, now it, if you're there, now it might be. Yeah. Sorry. You know, start up some conversation and you might run into someone who shares your love for points and miles. Yeah, well, and Bryce is saying that we get a lot of readers, but now it might be listeners too. Hey, so if you viewers. if you see someone with with AirPods in, go up and ask them, "Are you listening to the to take off a <laughs> podcast by 10x Travel?" <laughs> also, and if you are, we'll buy your drink. Only redeemable at the Hyatt Ziva or Zalara. <laughs> Boom! Anything Just charge it to your room. Yeah. Yes, charge we'll take care of it. We'll receipt. take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be a part of the all-inclusive package, though. No no upscale booze. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Important yeah. disclaimer. Important <laughs> disclaimer. Only house. There we go. The, only the house offerings. And now we have to put like a legal disclaimer in the show notes. <laughs> Matt made an offer, but really it only counts for this. And, you know. Um, 
I paid cash for a couple of boutique places that were, one of them was great. The second trip with friends was great. The first one was dreadful. I don't remember the name. All I remember is that they were just absolutely bent on, on letting everyone know that this is not a spring break destination. But what's weird is they had all that kind of marketing when you're already there, which is like, it's too late. There'd be like pictures on the walls that kind of look like those like photos from like a police station where it's like, hey, everyone like kind of try to look like a criminal, like, you know, actors being like, I'm sad that I got arrested. And it would be like young people looking like that would be like spring breakers, not welcome. And like kind of all this intimidating language about how partying is not okay there and all this kind of stuff. And I just remember being like, wow, <laughs> like, could have said it once, could have said it before you arrived. Weird that it's all over the hallways here. That was at uh, anyway. Isla Mujeres? No, no, no. It is like we stayed at this, this really nice, all-inclusive place. I, oh, I forget the gotcha. name of it. But yeah, this was the one. I think we booked it on some like discount travel site. This is one of my first points to miles trips. And as soon as we arrived, I was like, that was a mistake. <laughs> so anyway, so outside of, I guess, where we've stayed before, we've talked about the tactical. Matt's still kind of working his way through the, the Mexico sales process here. I want to talk about some other options that are, you know, common hotel brands that, that folks will have points and miles with that might give them some luxury options or family-friendly budget options. So we'll, we'll go around. We'll have everyone kind of mention some highlights, places that you would look, Matt, if you were to, to try to go and, and book Mexico here soon, just to give uh, folks some ideas. I've got one already I've eyed for this one. So I'll go first. Boom. I'm going bougie with my first choice or allegedly bougie. I haven't been, but I've seen tons of people in the points and miles world rave about the Waldorf Astoria Los Cabos Pedregal. I don't know if anybody of you been, but for a first timer to Mexico, based on the hype in reviews I've seen, this one probably has to be at the top of my list. Well, I will have you, can you prove know. prove me wrong, but... I will have you know that while I haven't been there, I have stayed at a $22 Airbnb in Pedregal right next door. So I've basically been there. Basically, you, you smelled the same air. So you've yeah. basically... You, uh, yeah. Nice, nice. I'll I'll <laughs> count it. Yeah. Obviously, it's a Waldorf, so it's in one of the upper Hilton sort of categories in terms of brand, luxury, and service. So that's very attractive to me. Cash rates can vary depending on time of year. So we talked earlier about high season, low season. On some of the probably lower season nights, it's still based on what I searched was seven, eight hundred bucks a night for kind of the base entry room. But then in the high season. Literally can be two or three thousand dollars per night for kind of the base entry room and literally everything in between. So not a cheap place, but that's where points and miles come into play. You'll have to kind of hunt and search and and availability does pop up, but you're looking for nights that are 120,000 Hilton points per night to be able to book with points. But be sure you look at the calendar because you can also find some of those nights for the same room of upwards of two million Hilton points per night. Yes, two million. Kind of insane. Yeah, but if you transfer from Amex, it's only one million. It's so only one million, time. right? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> that's correct. Saving, saving points. I like it. In uh, the saver availability or the one hundred twenty thousand points per night seems to uh, sort of pop up in batches and get snagged up quickly. So it does happen, and people kind of talk about it and share when that happens. So if if you stay on top of it, you do kind of have to jump on some of those pretty quickly. But you can easily find four and five night sort of batches when they do get dumped. And to me, that sounds like the perfect amount of time to go stay there, especially for the fifth night free on Hilton stays. So you could, you could literally pay 480,000 Hilton points for five nights. And yes, that sounds like a lot, but Hilton points are a little bit less, uh, I don't want to say valuable, but you'll, you know, you earn a lot more at the same time than compared to, to Hyatt, uh, as we've talked about a little bit before. So uh, 480,000 Hilton points for a five night stay at a place that can easily run you a thousand dollars per night. If you're paying cash, is a really, really good redemption on Hilton points. 
If you do find the 120,000 point per night availability, also it's a good use of uh, free night certificates that come on some of the co-branded cards. So Emily pointed out transferring Amex points. So that worked rather than the 1 million to 2 million, you know, the standard two to one, that's only 240,000 Amex points. Or if there, it happens to be a period where Amex is transferring one to three, where you get three Hilton points, it's 160,000 Amex points for five nights. If you can find the 120K availability, that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. That's a good deal. Yeah. 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 That's really good. Even for Amex points. And that's saying something. Yeah. So that would that one's top of my list in terms of if I'm going to go, that's probably going to be the location that I'm going to try and stay at. As I long as they you, appropriately keep the spring break partiers away yeah. with the aggressive correct, posters, correct. of course. With yes. the yeah. price isn't allowed. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm allowed now. I don't I don't I don't look like a spring breaker anymore, Travis. <laughs> I, I mentioned I don't nap anymore. Um, <laughs> anyway, Emily, other other ideas or sorry, you were starting to say something. Um, oh, no. No, you took okay. my you took my joke. I was gonna make a joke about your posters, but you you beat me to it. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, be slower next time. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll like message you. Be like, do you want this joke or me? Yeah, your turn for the joke. <laughs> so we had a, a Hilton op. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna just ask <laughs> Matt. No, Matt's got a few few more. Maybe I don't know. He started with his bougie one, but I don't know if you want to share any other examples. If we if we have to go non-bougie or a more family-friendly option, Hilton also has a number of all-inclusives in Mexico that can be booked with points. Uh, a few are the the Hilton in Cancun. There's one in Tulum on Riviera Maya. And there's a Hilton Vallarta Riviera also. All those are all-inclusive, bookable with points. Do note, though, however, that when you're searching for Hilton, like if you go to Hilton.com and search Mexico, you're going to see a ton of resorts. So you could easily be overwhelmed by all the results when you're trying to figure out where you want to stay and where you want to go. There are a few all-inclusives that are adults only, such as the Hilton Playa del Carmen or the Yucatan Playa del Carmen. Both of those are adults only all-inclusive resorts. So if you are looking for family-friendly options, be sure to kind of pay attention to some of those because I'd hate for you to be checking in and they not let your kids in because then you then the parents are on vacation, but what are the kids going to do? So <laughs> just kind of want to avoid that situation entirely. My high-end one is the Cape Thompson Hotel, which is in Cabo. I haven't stayed there personally, but it looks pretty nice. It's newly renovated. Looks like all the rooms face the ocean and it's got kind of a nice infinity pool. The price looks to be around twenty five to 35,000 points per night for a standard room. So that's not too bad when you're staying at a nice place. And the hotel fees are actually waived too when you stay at a Hyatt hotel using points. So that's kind of where I would look if I were going higher end. Family friendly, we've kind of touched on them, like the Hyatt Ziva properties where you can uh, go to an all-inclusive resort and, and bring your kids. Um, there's a, a bunch of them throughout Mexico in Cabo, Cancun, Puerto Vallarta, Riviera Maya. They're around this uh, 35 to 45K points per night. But the one note is that that includes two people. So if you're traveling and have more kids and you're trying to fit them all in the same room, you do have to pay extra for the number of people that stay in your room because you have to pay for them to eat and have the inclusive package. So it's not just 35,000 points for a family of four to stay in one room. Um, and, the, and the rate that is charged extra kind of depends, I think, on where you're staying, but just something to keep an eye out when you're trying to book an all-inclusive. And then my last one is like kind of a budget one, which is also in Cabo. It's a Hyatt place. So it's not going to be the best place you've ever stayed in your life, 
it's not right on the beach, but the points prices are are pretty low from what I was seeing. They're like five thousand points per night. So that's crazy. Yeah, that really crazy. easy to yeah. <laughs> to to book a trip to Mexico with potentially even just one credit card bonus when the points rates are are that low. You can go for weeks includes, on one yeah. sign up bonus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you get free breakfast. So yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> Shout out to the Hyatt Place. Always a good option. Thank you, Emily. We'll come back to Travis. Travis was doing some research. I'll quickly mention I was doing some research of my own during Emily's last segment, and I can confirm, at least according to Google, bougie does not have a translation to Spanish. There's not like an equivalent <laughs> word, and I'm sad because I was going to tee it up, but it's just bougie. So anyway, Travis, take it away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I kind of, I've, I've, I've got a little bit here. So I'll throw out, there's a few bougies that I'm really interested in. There's a new St. Regis Riviera Maya that opened up like last month. There's the new Conrad in Tulum. Both are decently high on my list. Um, both are Marriott properties. The Hilton and Grand Hyatt and Playa, I typically avoid. They have a bit of a reputation for being party resorts. But if that's what you're looking for, oh, yeah, the Conrad isn't a Marriott. Sorry, the St. Regis is a Marriott. The Conrad is a Hilton. The Hilton and Grand Hyatt and Playa tend to be a little bit more party atmosphere. So what the one property that I've really had my eye on for a while and just haven't pulled the trigger on is the Andaz Mayacoba. So Mayacoba is a luxury development that's just north of Playa. There's a bunch of high-end resorts there, Rosewoods, Banyan Tree, but the Andaz is there. And it's really easy to get into the city if you want to do some stuff in Playa. But if you want to be a little bit more secluded, a little bit quieter, then it's a really good property. It gets a lot of great reviews. It's a Category 9 Hyatt, so it's 21,000 to 29,000 Hyatt points per night. But in the peak season, I've seen it over $1,000 a night before. So it can be a great value for a luxury hotel in a, in a good area. But in the off-season... You might want to be sure to double check because I've seen it around 200 to $250 per night in the off season, like October, November. You might have to write out a hurricane there, but there are worse places to have to write out uh, a hurricane. So at two, 200 or 250 bucks a night, it, would you still pay with points for that? Or would you kind of toggle over and maybe, eh, maybe I'll pay cash for this one because it's not like the craziest good redemption? Yeah, it would it would honestly just depend on like how many points I've got. You know, I don't think I would transfer points to do it versus paying. But if I had some Hyatt points that have been sitting there, I haven't used in a while. It may not be an optimal value of them, but it's still a free trip. So it would really just depend on on where I'm at. I wouldn't say no to to paying for it, but I also wouldn't say no to paying with points. There's some other kind of luxury Marriott's as well along Quintana Roo. There's a, like I mentioned, the St. Regis, it's brand new. So I don't really know too much about it, but it looks really nice. It's kind of just north of Mayacoba. So not in the same development area. Um, there's a Ritz in Cancun that's actually leaving Marriott if it hasn't already. But, you know, you can run into celebrities like Ted Cruz there. So... <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're uh, escaping bad weather, right? Yeah, hey. yeah, yeah, yeah. When the power yeah. is out, a good and winter you're hideaway. To, to, you, yeah, you can have a new hurricane, place. buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, Ted Cruz probably a water aerobics guy. I'm gonna guess. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. Emily, did you see say him? hi to him when you're there? <laughs> I 
I didn't see him, but I wasn't looking very hard. <laughs> <laughs> Again, if you're wanting to to kind of go somewhere on a budget, there's quite a number of Marriott spots as well. I've already pitched the Weston Cozumel. Highly, highly recommend if you're looking for like Cozumel, way, way more laid back, chill island vibes. I was just trying to look up. I couldn't quite find them. But Marriott has a number of very kind of unique properties around the Yucatan. Some of them aren't beachfront, but they're kind of old buildings that have been restored and renovated that are fairly small properties, maybe 20, 25 rooms. Um, they're more inland. So if you're looking to maybe get more more Mayan culture, um, more of the history of the area, they can be great places like around Merida or down in Tulum. They have the pa- papaya project, um, which I also haven't been to, but looks Again, like really unique. They're, I believe they're individual kind of huts pretty much right on the beach. You might not have air conditioning, but it looks like a very unique place to stay if you're looking for a uh, non-resort type experience. And the Papaya Project is typically, I think, about 50,000 points per night. So pretty good, good use of some search there. These are all luxury collection properties, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, a as able to find what you were looking for on Google, you're looking at the Hacienda Santa Rosa, yep. the San Jose, yep, the Puerto Campeche, yeah, Tamazon. Thank you. You found Uyamon. them when I couldn't. Yes. Yeah. You're welcome. Like they're these really value this episode. So I'm just kind of hopping in <laughs> at the few, the few opportunities that I have. Well, I mean, it, if nothing else, you've added like more examples of just crisp pronunciation, just yes. nailing it. Everyone, Marriott is correct. Obvious. Yeah. And great. It, well, thank you, Matt. I mean, it just goes to show, I'm sure you're kind of seeing it, Matt, that like, yeah, you can go and like most people when they think of Mexico, especially the beaches, even though we're not talking about Mexico City too much, even though all of us seem to want to go there, people generally think of these mega resorts. But in the same area, you've got these smaller, more really unique hotels that you can stay out with points. And I think people are almost always overlooking them. So definitely like consider that as an option to kind of split up your stay. If you're wanting to go for a week, Emily already said that three days at an all-inclusive was just about right. So split some time up at the beach on an all-inclusive and then go to to one of these properties to have a very different experience. And finally, though, if you're looking for like family friendliness, I just really want to plug Airbnbs, VRBOs again. You can get some for really cheap and really close to the main areas that you want to be. And you can get reimbursed if you purchase these with a card like a Capital One Venture card or a Venture X. Um, you can use your points to reimburse your your travel purchases there. So if you're looking for an extended stay, laundry in the room is always nice. Or you want to have some more space, then you, you can't go wrong. Again, you can find places for 25 to 50 bucks a night that are perfectly accommodating and in perfectly safe areas. And if you do go that route, be sure to utilize shopping portals when booking those stays on Airbnbs, Airbnb and VRBO to sort of further maximize your your earn. I feel like along those same lines too, we we should mention that the booking hotels through conventional travel portals, like redeeming points through Chase Travel Portal, American Express Travel, is worth at least considering in a place like Mexico because there are so many options at so many different price points. They'll open up kind of more unconventional choices than your kind of typical like Western hotel brands 
you know, people, I feel like often unfairly say like, oh, 10X Travel always says, don't book through the portal. And that's not what we say. Look at it, you know, look at the value. Definitely check all your other options. But a place like Mexico, it might make sense. But do make sure to double and triple check your booking confirmation, make sure everything's accurate and double check policies to make sure you're not going to a place that doesn't allow kids with your family or, or other types of noise that can come up in those situations. But definitely worth considering uh, for your, your hotel in Mexico and really even your flights as well. So one more topic here to cover, probably the most important one here is best cards to use to be earning points to book these sorts of trips. Seems like you can really use about any type of common points to book something in Mexico, tons of options, but we'll kind of quickly go around here. Can everyone throw out like one or two card options that you would consider uh, that someone should, should look at if they want to book a trip to Mexico with points and miles? I'm going flexible currency. Yeah, for me, it's, I think, ultimate rewards points probably transferred to Hyatt is going to give you tons of options at a variety of price points and sort of luxury options from the, the Hyatt place like Emily talked to up to Nandez or you know, the Zeven Zolaras for all-inclusive. You'll have a ton of options and you can earn ultimate rewards points really, really quickly. So good option for me. And I, I guess you mentioned the points program, but can you can you tell us a card or two that earn uh, Chase Ultimate Rewards? Sure. Yeah. I would, I would, obviously, we we recommend everybody start with the Chase Sapphire Preferred card. So start there if you're if you're eligible for it. Don't overlook uh, some of the ink products as well. If you're eligible for for business cards too, that opens up a, a whole new door of opportunity for earning a lot of Ultimate Rewards points pretty quickly. So two good options for you. Awesome. Other options? Well, because. Because Matt took Chase Ultimate Rewards, I'm going to go uh, Southwest Cards because it's companion pass season. And if you live in Denver or Columbus or Houston or anywhere else that has direct flights between the U.S. And, and any of these airports in Mexico, if you follow our companion pass strategy, you could be flying buy one, get one free to Mexico. You do have to fight for your seat, but hey, that's a sacrifice we have to make sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get you ready to pick up the two-pound lobster that you have to choose. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, any cards, points to add? I'm going to go a different path. 95% of the time, I'd say flexible points. But I'm going to throw out, this is a place where Marriott, Mexico is a place where Marriott points can really shine. So some of the Marriott cards that offer higher bonuses, one card could get you enough points for four or five, well, five nights at some hotels. Maybe not some of the higher-end luxury ones, but at some of the the more unique middle-tier properties, you can really stretch Marriott points pretty far in Mexico. One I'll add is American Express membership reward points, which are arguably the most easy to earn in all of points and miles because there's so many cards that offer so many big bonuses on those. And we, you know, we just talked about Delta has many great options that fly to Mexico for relatively inexpensive points in price. You can transfer your Amex points when one of Delta, maybe even use one of your six lounge accesses uh, per year that they give you now on that trip. And, and we just heard earlier from Travis about how this is one of the few situations in which transferring your American Express points to Hilton can actually bring outsized value. So, you know, one single bonus from a card, like platinum card from American Express, American Express gold card, green card, all the business versions of those could probably cover your flight and hotel for an entire trip to Mexico for, I don't know, three days is the perfect amount, right? Is that what we determined? <laughs> so, Depends where you're staying, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great to have one card that could potentially have points that book the flight and the hotel via transfers and kind of higher value. And, and of course, Chase can do that too with Southwest and Hyatt probably being the play there. But 
really, there's a lot of different ways you can do Mexico. It's very approachable for folks who are new to points and miles. It's not super expensive if you have to supplement parts of your trip with cash. It's just a fantastic choice for anyone who's looking to enjoy Mexico and particularly doing so with points and miles. So before we kind of start to wrap this up, I want to ask, does anyone have any kind of bonus tips, key takeaways, things you'd share with someone who says, hey, think about going to Mexico, like our friend Matt here. Shark, uh, what, shark what numero I know? uno over here. Yes. You, I mean, you, you know that I've got some. So I'm, I'm going to talk about the two biggest things that come up. First are rental cars. If you're someone who likes rental cars, you're going to go, you're going to look to see how much rental cars are, and you're going to see they're like five bucks a day. And you're going to be so shocked, so surprised. And the reason for that is the required mandatory liability insurance in Mexico. Now, yes, your credit card, most credit cards coverage does extend to Mexico. Many of the name brand rental places will constantly push back with you at the rental desk and not accept that. You can choose to fight it. Personally, I just advise people to not get a rental car in Mexico. It's just going to save a lot of frustration. It's going to save a lot of time. And it's just going to be easier. Now, if you do want to get a rental car, what I usually do and what I advise people to do is not go with one of the major companies. There's a lot of smaller local rental car companies. In Cozumel, I just used HTL rentals that just default include the insurance costs in the cost of the rental. It's just going to be way less of a hassle. Yes, you're paying for it within it, but you know, you're still paying $30 to $50 a day for a rental car with the included insurance without having to stress about fighting for your credit card benefits at the counter and them telling you, no, 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 we're not going to accept it. And then feeling like you're stranded with nothing to do. Your trip's just going to go smoother if you just accept that from the front. You're generally going to be better off booking with a smaller local company than with one of the major companies. The second tip that I have is there's this thing called sargassum. Now, people usually call it seaweed because what happens is it grows out in the Atlantic. This applies mostly to coast or to Cancun and it washes ashore. Uh, it's seasonal and it smells really, really bad. <laughs> it's typically. I think like late spring, early summer is the season for it. A lot of the resorts do a lot to try to clean it up, but do be aware that um, this does happen. It throws people off because they're not expecting it. You know, they're usually thinking of nice, beautiful, pristine beaches. But when it happens, it usually happens in very, very big waves and can be pretty challenging for the, the hotels to stay on top of it. So I encourage if you're looking to go to Mexico, just kind of look to see if there's the sargassum problem going on. Again, you don't have to remember that word. You can call it seaweed um, and you'll get the same results on Google, even though it's technically, I think, an algae, not seaweed. But those technicalities don't really matter. It's your experience that matters. These are just kind of two things that come up pretty commonly that I see people who aren't familiar with Mexico beaches or Mexico rental cars that sometimes can cause a bit of a negative impact on their trips. Yeah, and one quick thing I'll, I'll add related to sargassum, because we do see readers encounter this situation pretty frequently. And, and often what they'll say back to us is, I, you know, I expect the hotel to tell me that. They're not going to do that. Most hotels are not going to put right on their website, like, hey, are you sure that you want to spend your money here? Because there's this issue that we don't have to tell you about, right? You have to do that research on your own. So don't, don't count on someone warning you or, or giving you a heads up other than Travis and, and you know, just now. And if you happen to be booking a trip, t 
to Mexico right now, that was the most timely warning that we could give you. But you got to find it on your own. Any other tips to add from anyone else? I don't think I have anything else to add. I think those are some good tips. I mean, I, I blew my one tip about Tijuana early on in the episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt contributed too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll wrap it up here. So if you're ready to, to learn more, or you still feel like you could use some help booking your Mexico getaway. We have tons of free resources where you'll find all the information that you need to book yourself a trip like this to Mexico or anywhere else in the world that you care to travel. All of it is linked in the show notes. I encourage you to join our Insiders Facebook group where you see over 260,000 other travelers just like you sharing tips about Mexico, other points and miles, maybe sargassum. You can learn whatever you need to know in there. Check out our Best Ways blog post series. Breaks down the best ways to book trips to places like Mexico or anywhere else in the world. And if you're just ready for someone else to take the guesswork out or do the legwork for you, consider using our award booking service where you can hire someone from our expert team of award bookers to do the work of redeeming your points and miles for you. Take out all the guessing, take out all the fear of missing out. You have an expert on your side. Cost is cheaper than you think. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will see you again next time here on Takeoff, a podcast by 10X Travel. Adios. Adios.